0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate and, in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody.
2: Uh, It is January 12th, Tuesday morning. It is 28 degrees here this morning in New York City, and they say that snow is on the way. I'm not really prepared for this because just the other day it was 61 degrees. So I'm not quite sure I understand how to put all this into Perspective, but it's getting a little like, crazy. how
3: am I supposed to dress? I was just gonna say,
2: you open the closet in the morning, and the first thing I do now is open the window and stick my arm out to see what the air temperature is because I don't always believe what the phone says. <laughs> yeah. How do you dress? It's, it's unbelievable. Well, you
4: walk your dog in the morning, right? That's how you, but this is like, before I get out. Is? Well, yeah. before
2: I even do that, yeah. I'm like, well, should I put a coat on? Should I not put a coat on? And then once I get out there, I'm like, okay, so I get this, you know, whatever, and I can figure out what to wear to go to work. But oh, your doorman. Or my doorman, yes, (laughs) of course. So, how is everybody today? Welcome back to another edition of Good Morning New York.
3: Good morning, Vince.
2: Morning, everybody. Good 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 morning, morning, everybody. (laughs) It was open house weekend this weekend. I went with a buyer out. Two beds, two baths, up to three million dollars, and every place we went on the Upper West Side was really hectic, busy. I was very. I was. I had
4: three open houses. I wasn't that busy, but I had very serious buyers, which I prefer.
2: Oh God yeah I agree
4: In yeah. general
3: I feel like I'm busy right now very in fact So um yeah. Every, just everything across the board. I mean, more, I'm I'm a busier with buyers right now, but they are serious and they are looking and January is not stopping anybody, it seems.
2: I love buyers and I would always prefer to work with buyers as I continue to say. But I think, you know, usually every year, January, it, it takes a couple of weeks before it gets busy. But right after New Year, we just jump right into it. Right into it. So I'm like, okay, yeah. that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, so the, as you said, Rachel, the serious buyers are out there, or in the serious sellers are out there. They want to get going. They want to get a jump start on the spring season and get moving. I'm sitting here with Perul Brumbat from Compass, Rachel Altshuler from Douglas Elliman, Ivy Ray Blue Realty Group, Deborah Hoffman Town Residential, and Niall Lundgren from Compass as well. Let's get to some news items. Governor Andrew Cuomo announced that a request. For redevelopment proposals for Penn Station would go out this week, effectively jumpstarting long-delayed plans to revamp the nation's busiest train station. Calling the nation's busiest train station dark and ugly, Governor Cuomo said the project could <laughs> cost up to $3 billion and include improvements like bringing natural light into the congested oh maze underneath Madison Square Garden. I can't even imagine how they're going to do that.
3: Oh, They shouldn't have torn down the first one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, we but can start right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: right?
6: <laughs> The
2: Cuomo administration also <laughs> said that an earlier agreement with developers, the related companies and Vernado Realty Trust, who were going to do the work there, has been severed and Cuomo also proposed freeze tolls on the New York State Thruway and the Tappan Zee Bridge just north of the city until 2020. Wow, that How would be How smart is that? That's very smart. And can
0: we give a kudos, a shout-out to Cuomo's, Cuomo's mouth? I love this guy. This, the stuff that comes out I of didn't his know mouth. Where oh. Going. Oh, yeah, you. I didn't what know that. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Delete <laughs> so was like, reaction. You never know. I just meant, you know, you can. it was like Bloomberg, and it was like, well, who was our guy? Way long ago. I'm, now I'm having a brain. Mayor Koch? Into, yeah. Oh, my God, Koch, you just never every single day. How am I day, doing? How am I would, doing? Yeah, every day you were like, what's he going <laughs> to say today?
2: And I was really young, and I just couldn't <laughs> wait to hear Koch open his mouth. Yeah, that guy didn't but know what they were out I with either. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Anyway, Macy's announced that it will close 40 stores, including Bloomingdale locations, and lay off or reassign 3,500 employees. The actions follow a worse-than-expected 4.7% decline in same-store sales in November and December of this year. The retailer also said it would continue to try to rent out excess space, including stores in New York. Now, you know, my question is, Has is this a direct effect of the because this this shopping season has been fantastic, one of the best ever. Online shopping is killing retail stores yep, across Absolutely. the board. It's very sad Absolutely. to close. We, we talked about reasons.
5: that. We talked about that like right after Thanksgiving and how you know Black Friday was wasn't as crazy you know as it was where people are getting you know stampeded and, and killed. The internet and, and internet
3: sales were up yeah. like a ridiculous amount. It's crazy, sales. right? Sure. Yes. And
5: then with Cyber Monday, they have all
2: those sales and you know. Black I have to be Friday, concerned though about you know we talk about the look and feel of our city. I mean, if we yeah. start closing retail stores, not yeah. just the small mom and pops, we start closing some of these major big stores. Yeah. I mean, you no, know, this bear is in mind, crazy. this is
6: national. These are national numbers. Yeah. And when I looked, every time I hear a report like this, I think we all do that. We go, where,
2: where? <laughs> we yes. have to read the whole article yeah. and
6: where is it? my and the majority deals cannot be closing. are not around here. <laughs> not mine either. They're, they're throughout the country, which is not necessarily that good. <laughs> but I also think that a lot of, well, the company that owns Bloomingdale's Macy's, and I think they own a couple more, they expanded very quickly.
2: Yes, they did. The Feder- same way the FAO Schwartz does, it might be federated.
6: The same way FAO Schwartz expanded way yeah. too quickly, Actually, and we've seen this. So I think it's a combination of that plus all the cyber shopping. They didn't have the foresight to see all the cyber
0: shopping. Yeah, the cyber shopping I think companies. also that it's a, you know, a, a return kind of to old school, if I may. Mm-hmm. That there is certainly something that I think that we'll see continuing to happen where people are just getting over the superstore thing. And I will call Macy's that. I'm from New York and I've been inside it once. So Mm. I am not the style shopper that goes to Bloomies or that goes to Macy's. I did dig Barney's back in the old days because that to me was a boutique. Sm- yeah, it was a smaller is. place. Yeah. So I think that people are, you know, obviously, definitely agree agree with you that there's a, a massive thing online that continues to emerge. But I think that people are enjoying going to small stores. I think it's going to force. Tiny wine it's shops. Gonna, it's going to force. Little butchers
4: again, you know. It's going to force retailers to step up their game with customer service. Yes. Yeah. Like and the reason why the internet is so popular is because when I go to a store, the people who work there Aren't treating us like the client always wins, right. and, and in the
0: small stores they are,
4: and that's right. You know so, the other yeah. emergence that's right. that's that I, I see right. is the
3: banks, right. right? Like there's like now a bank and an ATM at like every corner. Every corner. And what so. I think, I actually think that that's uh, you know too fast of growth as well, because the fact is, in about the next year, I think we're going to use even less cash than we do now. Um, I think everything's getting very automated to be able to be paid by your phone. Um, there's enough Apple mobile, pay. exactly. Apple Pay, etc. And that Wonderful is going to increase. Yes. So for those of us, Ivy, who are so concerned about, you know, every bit ba- just banks taking up every corner uh, retail space and the city, not looking the way we wanted to. Where are all those banks going to go when they don't really need all those ATM locations? I mean, those, I just don't think there's sustainability to how many bank fronts that there are actually
2: there. I agree, but but on that note, I agree also with what you said earlier, Perul, don't take away my Bloomingdale's because if you do, I'm going to go find a city to live in that still has one. (laughs) That's my place. The real deal was born in founder Amir Karagi's Prospect Heights Walk-Up in 2003, and then he moved to a renovated townhouse in Crown Heights long before the neighborhood's Yuppie Transformation, the publication's first real estate Uh, The publication's first real office here was a former psychic's digs on 23rd Street just off Madison Square Park. After quickly outgrowing that space, they moved to their current West 29th Street location. Now, 13 years after it all began, it's time for another big change. New York City's first and most popular real estate news magazine is moving to Hudson Yards. According to the New York Post last week, the real deal paid $8.5 million or $739 per square foot. For an 11,500-square-foot commercial co-op at 450 West 31st Street, wow. uh, Karogi will shell out another $1 million Good in renovations. Good for him. I, I remember when I started this business in a 01, I think. I remember when that magazine opened in 03, I thought, well, who on earth is going to buy a real estate-based magazine in New York City? Only real estate. Wow. Look where we are 13 years later. Amazing. And it's a great, great rag. And I have a great ad in there this month, so please, everybody, look for it on our Mexican. All right. On... Tina Fey has secured her upstairs neighbor's apartment. Fey and her husband, Jeff Richmond, paid $9.5 million for a four-bedroom apartment at 300 West End Avenue. She's a neighbor, a unit that is directly above the apartment in a co-op that the couple already own in the building. And this is according to the New York Observer. Douglas Elliman handled the listing. The previous owner is listed under an LLC. Fey is best known for her writing and performances on SNL, her NBC sitcom 30 Rock, and the movie Mean Girls, among many other things. It's not clear whether the couple hope to make a duplex out of their Upper West Side apartments. For now, they can enjoy all that extra space. In the next few months, residents at a handful of buildings in the city will be able to walk up to their apartment doors and go inside without fumbling for keys. And if the dog walker or cleaning service comes... comes by while they are out. Residents can use an app to let them in remotely. Ditto for deliveries. Keyless entry systems are starting to make their way to your apartment door. While smart locks have been available to individual homeowners for many years, developers and property management companies here in the city have been hesitant to lose the keys, citing the cost of upgrading hundreds of locks and the risk of losing money if the technology goes the way of the Betamax. So let's see what mm -hmm. happens with that.
3: Actually, and I are listing a property, 404 Park Avenue South, plug, plug. Plug, Um, plug. But it's a beautiful, beautiful apartment, 1,600 square feet for almost $5 million, Ooh. and for that price tag, you are getting a smart apartment. So, our, the whole entire apartment is can be controlled by Your smart phone. the owner phone, right. the I, phone. Listen, I totally agree, so because sometimes everything, I fumble
2: with keys myself. I mean,
3: he lands, um, he, this is a pied terre for the current owner, he will land into New York City, <clears> by the time that he's coming in, he already from his phone just hits welcome, like it's a button that says welcome, and it Brings his shades up if it's daytime, you know, has certain temperatures, everything is set and programmed. And so the apartment is ready, the heat is on, or the AC is on, depending on time of year, when he shows up.
2: I think it's a wonderful thing. Love it. Well, let's see where it all goes. The vice chairman of the Blackstone Group (laughs) and his wife paid $30,500,000 for grand Park-facing apartment at 834 5th Avenue, the majestic 16-story limestone building designed by our favorite, Rosario Candela. Just last spring, a sale set a record for city co-ops in the building, and it was the most expensive completed sale of the week, according to public records. This ornate apartment with soaring 11.5-foot ceilings and an abundance of tall windows retains many pre-war architectural details like hand carved moldings and an original fireplace mantel in the living room which all look out onto Central Park. The 11 room unit number 10B was listed by Sotheby's International Realty. It has a monthly maintenance of $10,857. Unbelievable. This according to StreetEasy, the sale also included staff quarters with two bathrooms as well as a wine vault and a storage bin and a laundry room. The seller of the estate um, was Carol Petri, a prominent socialite and philanthropist who gave hundreds of millions of dollars to museums, hospitals, and charities. She died in January of 2015 at the age of 90. Construction has yet to begin on the proposed Renzo Piano Design condo building at 555 Broom Street, or formerly known as 100 Varick Street, but the structure may get a little bigger. According to the commercial observer, developer Michael Schveau, Paid $9 million <laughs> for a two-story annex, and I laugh at that name too, at Ooh. the building adjacent to the proposed condo's lot, which is currently home to a youth services nonprofit. Renderings have been unveiled for a large-scale residential and hotel project that is set to rise in Modhaven in the South Bronx. Here we go again with So-Ro, what are they calling it, so <laughs> Yo so, so, bro. Bro. so bro. Yeah.
4: So <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Monaduck Construction has partnered with Signature Urban Properties LLC to bring close to 300 residential units and a Hampton Inn to a former industrial lot facing the Harlem River and adjacent to the 145th Street Bridge that connects the Bronx to Harlem. This is going to be quite A place. And sadly, David Bowie died on Sunday at the age of 69, his representatives confirmed to USA Today. The tragic announcement comes just days after the rock and roll legend's 69th birthday on January 8th, on which he also released his 25th studio album, Black Star. David Bowie died peacefully today, surrounded by his family after a courageous 18 month battle with cancer. A statement on Bowie's official social media accounts reads While many of you will share in the loss, we ask that you respect the family's privacy during their time of grief. And Bowie's son, Duncan Jones, took to Twitter to share his father's death, saying, Very sorry and sad to say it's true, he wrote, adding, I'll be offline for a while, love to all. Mm, I get choked up over that David Bowie. Wow. Unbelievable. Sad, you know, It's when anybody leaves us, but didn't know he was sick for 18 months, and so there you have it. Quite a guy.
6: So interesting about him, and we're all fans, I'm sure, but celebrities are always complaining about how, I can't get the paparazzi away from me. I just have to protect my children, and and no one is, is listening to me. And guess what? He was so private. Very we don't private. even have pictures of his children. We don't know where he died. We don't we didn't know he was sick. Mm-hmm. This is a man who was able to control his own life in a very positive way.
0: Yeah. You know, I yeah. think that if we if we look at his life that what you've just mentioned is a testament as to who he was as a
2: human being. Absolutely. Yes. And uh by far Oh. We have to hold. We have to hold it right there. We'll continue on the other side of the break. Um, We have to go to break. You are listening to Good Morning New York (laughs) on the Voice (laughs) America Variety Channel. Don't go away.
1: Streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voice America.com put Blue Realty group to work for you Blue Realty group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan with our global reach unrivaled marketing capabilities and veteran team blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers visit us today at bluerealtygroup.com at Blue Realty group we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit blue-realtygroup.com. That's b l u realtygroup.com. The internet's number 1 talk station. Number 1 talk station. Voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at Group.com. Now, back to the show.
2: All right, everybody, welcome back. and We're here talking to my panel. Deborah Hoffman, Perul Brombat, Niall Lundgren, Rachel Altshuler, and Ivy Ray. And Ivy wanted to complete her thought on David Bowie and his unfortunate passing uh, this past weekend. Yeah, I did want to say, I
0: was saying that uh, to follow up on what Deborah had said, that his death and the way that he conducted his life was um, an absolute extension of the human being that he was. Mm -hmm. Um, Unique and elegant and visionary and so generous and uh, you know one of the things that I, I feel David Bowie did certainly for me and in reading you know pourings of, of information or, or comments online yesterday I found that every there was so much agreement and that he was one of the first artists to come out and really claim a space that was no boundaried so it it, it, would, it brought up sexuality and gender and art and government and spiritual. There was just no place that David didn't go. But one of the biggest. Safe things to say he, in, the,
2: in his day, though, uh, he was way ahead of his time. And most people yeah. didn't understand what he was trying right. to project. Exactly. So what he did first, though, was come out odd. Odd is
0: mm-hmm. as, odd. As, very similar
4: to Daft Punk, by the way.
0: Uh, okay. Very, so, very similar. Hold on.
4: Yeah. Odd. Sorry, I'm a music. Crazy person. <laughs> I love it, love it. <laughs> so he came out <laughs> odd you.
0: as hell. And what he did was really give um, not only permission to those that were different, and there's always been people that are different, but um, he showed that odd and unique was beautiful. But if I could, I'm going to read, if I may, Go ahead. a really quick thing from one of my friends. From music to film to fashion... <clears throat> The artistic wake opened a rare space where we could expand and explore our own aesthetic tastes freely, appreciate with countless configuration of self-identity, and discover the nameless mystery behind the parade of masks. David Bowie is the man who fell to earth, turned pop into tantra, and transmuted his own death into art. Our world is infinitely more interesting, more
2: glamorous,
0: more gorgeous, and more elegant.
2: Because of him. And so may he rest in peace. A little more Hollywood before we can go on with our real estate topics. Ricky Gervais didn't hold back during Sunday's 73rd annual Golden Globe Awards, beginning the show with a vulgar monologue before following up with an impromptu, profanity-filled chat with Mel Gibson. All this went down as the big awards of the night Best Motion Picture Comedy and Best Motion Picture Drama went to The Martian and The Revenant, respectively. Gervais started the show with a slam on host network NBC, saying they were the only outlet who could broadcast the show fairly because they're the only network with zero nominations. So sweet of him to say that. He also claimed that the president <laughs> that's of the Hollywood Foreign Press, Nichols, but that's who he is. Um, which organizes the Globes, had warned Gervais that, quote, if he says anything offensive or crap, or resort to innuendo. He is going to come out and personally pull him off the stage. Gervaisi then said, that's an offer I couldn't refuse and segued into a joke about masturbation. This was Ricky's (laughs) third time time (laughs) hosting the show and quite frankly, as far as I'm concerned, it should be his last. However, um, What
4: happened with Mel Gibson? I didn't see it.
2: You know, Mel Gibson's always in trouble since he made those. Yeah, I'm surprised they work. let him on. To be honest, I couldn't with you. Yeah. even believe it. But uh, you know, I don't even see. know the quote he made. But he said something about that time while Mel was trying to introduce the topic that he was out to, to introduce, and they had a little spar of words back and forth. YouTube it; it's kind of interesting because um, they're both assholes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good to see Jennifer Lawrence win, and good to see Leonardo DiCaprio win. Uh, great motion pictures. Well deserved. Well deserved. I actually did see Joy over the weekend. Me went, too. Kind of yeah. went kicking Why and screaming. Why didn't me? I oh, we we seen it Because I didn't want to go and see it. But.
4: <laughs> no, I saw it at, at home. Mm. Oh. Yeah. We got an early kind of sneak. Yeah, good my husband you. pulled a little mm. string. There you but go. But it was, it was more Wes anderson uh, the, than I expected. It was very interesting. Really? I liked it a lot, but it wasn't what I expected here's, at all. Here's
2: the only thing I didn't, I liked it, and she's yeah. wonderful, and they all... I mean, what a superstar cast. I mean, they did a great job. But I thought it was just a little too long in the tooth. It needed to be cut back by 30 minutes at least. Mm. It was too long. In mm. the beginning, it just kind of was, you know, rambling a little where bit. Is yeah. Where is this going? Where is this going? Right. And, I mean, yeah. I kind of figured out where it was going, but it took a long time to get there. So I figured <laughs> if you just chop out maybe 30 minutes and. Too much Lord of knows, the, I'm not a Going
4: back to when she was a little girl. It was too much of that. We get the point. We get the point. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the point.
2: Agreed. All right, moving on to real estate. Record high rents in Manhattan and Brooklyn, slowing price growth in the ultra luxury sales market, fierce competition for a dwindling supply of homes in upper Manhattan. These were some of the most significant trends in the New York City real estate market in 2015. So, what do we what's in store for 2016? What neighborhoods will likely emerge as the hottest markets for renters and buyers? This is what StreetEasy predicts will be the hottest market <laughs> trends in 2016. Starting with they are saying slower growth forecasted in 2016. Do we agree with that?
3: Yeah, I think yeah. slower Absolutely. than last year in mm-hmm.
6: 2014.
2: I agree. Unanimous. So yeah. why? I agree, too? It's
6: mainly because most of the growth was in the very high price points, and not everyone is a multimillionaire. And that's so, slowing down. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. and that, that's the first to start slowing down, and... Hopefully, home sellers that have overpriced their homes being a little ambitious because the rumor was their neighbor sold their home for a certain amount, Mm -hmm. whether or not it's true. If they really have to move, they're going to get realistic. Well,
3: and it, What we're finding is exactly that. What we're seeing is that um, the market's strong. The market <laughs> is definitely strong, um, but it's strong in a rational versus an irrational way. So <clears throat> what's selling is stuff that's priced accurately. Uh, the buyer has gotten savvy over the last couple of years once more. Um, so some of the sort of like crazy variability is down.
2: All right, they're also saying, Streeties, that is, that Upper Manhattan Prices will climb the fastest, Upper Manhattan Prices, so north of 96th Street. Mm. I sort of think that could be go either way. Mm,
3: I would bet on what I call West Soho, like that area around like 6th Avenue and west of 6th Avenue that's... You know, uh, it's not no man's land, but it's a little bit like I think that that area is going to build out, build out in the next couple of years. And obviously Hudson Yards, we all know, is coming in about five but Upper
4: Manhattan specifically, I yeah. think what they love to say is that it will gentrify and it never does. Yeah. And so people flock there because they don't want to go to Brooklyn. Yeah. So they go there and then they realize that the neighborhoods up there are not changing as fast as they... Need to, and so they end up selling and leaving. So and they so go there
2: really, initially because the prices yeah. are a little better, you their get maybe more of your money. Street. Yeah. I think what yeah. we
6: forget about Street Easy is ever since they were purchased by Zillow, a so lot of their yes. don't get me started, mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> of their uh, information is algorithms. It's really and not algorithms good. are it. not accurate. No, not Especially at all. in the New York City market. So no. that's exactly. Very, as someone very well who sells said. a lot uptown, who yep. sells in Harlem, who who sells in Washington Heights, mm-hmm. I see these neighborhoods. And there are a lot of what are called HDFC buildings, which mm-hmm. are subsidized housing. Yeah, income and restricted. Exactly. Yeah. They're, in, they're income restricted. You can't make restricted.
5: over a certain amount of money to purchase in them.
6: That's right. Yeah. Absolutely, Niall. So... It's it's not the kind of housing market you have throughout the rest of the city. They're just being cute, and they're grabbing headlines.
2: I totally agree with that. Slightly cooling of Manhattan's luxury market will continue, another prediction for 2016. Now, we've, we've talked about this in the past mm-hmm. on the show, where the Uber luxury market has kind of slowed down a bit. So that hopefully is leaving room for what I call the local market to kind of kick in this year and start buying the real estate, not being so intimidated. I think we talked about this last week as well. Um, but will the luxury market, and I'm talking about the Uber price departments, will they stay flat this year or will they continue a little bit? I mean, according to Street Easy, they think it's going to just sort of cool off and not probably come back until the end of the year or yeah, if not I think into next year. It's going to cool
4: off. I just think with an election year, I, I just I have a feeling things are going cor- the market's going to correct itself big time this year. I'm already seeing with my sellers starting off the year, I did price adjustments on most of my listings because they all just kind of woke up to reality and when you present them the research and information on how many showings what's the feedback mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> the, the I recent love hearing comp. this
2: I love hearing this I yeah, mean
4: a, a real seller will reduce the price we mm-hmm. call it improve the price because you don't want to say reduce yeah, but yeah
2: Brooklyn renters will be the most burdened in 2016. What do we mean by that? Street Easy says Brooklyn renters will be the most burdened is rent?
0: <laughs> The old adage was old, that it was old, uh, what was it 30% of no. the rent is what you're supposed to send, you know, spend. So there was
4: 65% now. Yeah, that's so that's what I was going to say. So it
0: used to be that yeah. it was 30% of your income should be spent yeah, on your rent. Yeah. And 65 is Brooklyn, 57 is Manhattan. Uh, 50, 59 50 is Queens. Mm-hmm. I mean the, the way that it's set up now. Yeah. So people obviously, and we know this, have begun or have already really adjusted their lifestyles. People are wearing I Love Brooklyn t-shirts. They've changed their, (laughs) yeah, but the people in Brooklyn are having a hard time. There's also bumper stickers
3: that say I moved out of Brooklyn because I couldn't afford, I moved back to Manhattan because I couldn't afford Brooklyn anymore. (laughs)
2: That's what I wanted to get at. That's right. And and the last one will make Rachel happy, Jamaica tops the list of highest (laughs) neighborhoods in 2016. We talked about this
6: last week. I I, find that very strange because I know (laughs) Queens incredibly well. And yes, the city and grew up know. and we're seeing it know. again uh it grows up along the transit lines. And you have the E and the F, the N and the R that goes straight up there. Uh, and yes, Jamaica's a transit hub also for the Long Island Railroad. But in between, you have other neighborhoods that are closer to the city and much more desirable. And I see them coming up. So what's with Jamaica? Oh, just like anything Jamaica else. I mean, it, Queens,
2: it's a push to re- re- regeneration. I mean, it's like the one of the last frontiers maybe in Queens that really hasn't had any. I just don't. But
6: moving I, to East
4: Harlem, it's the same thing. It, it's a funny neighborhood. It's a very strange thing that they uh, said Jamaica, though. I am from there, born and raised my entire life, and there are so many other neighborhoods along the E and F yeah, and the R. There's, there's Jackson Heights, Woodside, yeah. Elmhurst, Rico Sunnyside, Rego Park, Kew Gardens. Yeah. Anything but Jamaica. I mean, yeah. that is like crazy to me. But the LIRR hub is huge. I get that, but if still, you're, coming you're in from, not convincing from me from Long
6: Island. But <laughs> think about it: if are you going to pay double or triple the price to hop on the LIRR to get into Manhattan from Jamaica you, instead of the you subway? You would
4: if, if the neighborhood was. I'm
6: hearing my where developer friends and people were
3: you know in the on the financing of development side of the business saying that that's happening so uh, the developers apparently happen, seem to be very sell. interested yeah. well it yeah. comes yeah. down yeah. to plan costs think, are low right exactly and, it's, and I'm, not, so just, exactly. And I'm not just talking about residential right. they're buying like they're doing like office buildings yeah, and other that's sorts different. of things. I In say that. So that but once mm-hmm. that happens you know I mean I'm not I am not this I don't this. know how soon or later that that Jamaica is happening but I just you just know it's kind of like where the artists go the people go and where the developers are developing then ultimately it becomes nicer and then people want to move in because it's a nicer building at a good price so that is happening
5: right.
2: well, I'm setting we, my
0: vote for South Bronx and Harlem over
2: there there you have it we have to go to break but I say my famous three letters NFM not for me
5: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: this is Good Morning New York we will be right back after these messages don't go away
1: Visit Blue Realty Group.com. That's B L U Realty Group.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America. At 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to V Rocco at Blue That's V Rocco at B L U Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. The last thing you want to come
2: home to post-holiday, actually, or any time, is an apartment that has been burglarized or damaged while you were away. And, you know, we talk about this time of the year because lots of us go away for several days at a time, uh, visiting family or taking a quick holiday. But to avoid becoming a worst-case scenario, here's how to keep your home on lockdown. All right, there's a bunch of things. So suspend your newspapers. Let's think about that. So, you know, your newspaper piles up on your doorstep, you know, for a week at a time while you're gone. What do people who are observing that think? Whoops. Agreed. It's a brilliant one to do. He's not gone, but, you know, how do you take care of that, though? You just
0: call the times up or you email them and you tell them you'll
2: be gone. (laughs) It's the same way you do with your mail, so it doesn't pop out of your, you know, you freeze it. Ask a neighbor to pick up your packages. I mean, sort of on the same order. Pick up your packages. Don't leave it. You know, th- this sounds more like precautionary uh, measures to be taken in a house ownership or a townhouse ownership more than in a building. Um, no, but if I'm you have not a not
6: building necessary. without a doorman,
2: yep. it's pretty well, much with the, the same thing. Or even with a doorman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. People
4: renovating apartment. Sorry. Renovating. I'm like talking to... You guys, the piano. Uh, renovating apartments, uh, doorman, porters. I grew up with a doorman who had a father who was the super, and mm-hmm. he stole from us. So it happens. You have to be careful. And some, I know you're going to read down the list, Vince, but one of the tricks that I grew up with is I left the TV on when nice. we went on vacation. It's a, it's a brilliant thing to do.
0: Yeah. Oh, so he's got, got a, a good
2: solution for that. We it's actually did that growing up. Smartphone. My parents did that when we were going for yeah. like yeah. a weekend Smartphone or something. Too. And also certainly you keep the lights on when, you know, you can. I used you to well, keep music on. You know or, or or music, on either one. But oh, yeah. here's one. Well, I
6: have timers on my life.
2: That's he's going to get there. The list is good. Well, but I think. but one of the things that kind of interested me was don't flaunt your plans on social media. So Instagram and Facebook. Everybody says I'm going to London for this week and I'll I'm go going to Los to Angeles bed. for this so week. I checked
6: in here. Yeah. I checked in there.
2: And the doorman in my building, one of them anyway, Wanting is to
6: friend you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> very interested in my comings and goings, and so he sees my comings and goings. But you know, to Rachel's point, though, and he's a great guy. Trust me, but. Hey, you never know, right? So he sees on on social media, you're going away for a week, or you're out in Los Angeles, or you're in Europe someplace... Who knows, right? It's and
5: important then, to be a little uh, tricky with that—not tricky, but but slick, right? Like if you're in Los Angeles, like you said, maybe post like the day you get back a picture of you in L.A. Yeah, so, maybe post so it's the whole not trip in after real returned. time. Yes, that's so what. that they're not that's realizing, right. oh, he's in L.A. Or they realize that you're you're in L.A. They think that, and then they go, and you're like right outside or whatever it is. Yeah. So you can get a little
2: tricky with how you you know present yourself through social media. Absolutely. And if you trust a neighbor, give the neighbor a key to your apartment so they can pick up the newspapers. They can in some. They still deliver mail to your doorstep. We just stopped that a couple of years ago in my building. But just make sure that you don't make it obvious that you're away. Make sure all windows are closed. I mean, I was burglarized. And locked. And locked. I was burglarized on the east side, I don't even know, 15 years ago, my windows were open. They were unlocked. On the 24th floor, we had Mm. scaffolding out the window. And I was gone for a couple of days. I came back and my entire place was vandalized because they were pointing oh. the bricks and stuff and I actually had a platform out my window on the 24th floor and I uh. thought well, they just built a terrace for me to go sit outside at night when I come home from work Gosh. which of course I didn't do but sadly I came home and my entire place was vandalized it oh. happened to me when I was young as well and I lost I don't even right want to tell you how much uh, you can go after jewelry. the company
4: that did the work though
2: I yeah. offline I will tell you the story okay forget it oh my I got god nothing. I would
4: eaten them alive
2: Co-op. It was a co-op. So make sure your windows are closed. Make sure they're locked. Consider buying an automated light switch. As one of you guys said before, you know, lights going on, lights going off, music going on, TV going on, any of that stuff. I have
6: timers on all my lights all the time because I don't like to come home to an empty, to a dark home. So I have the lights come on before I come home. Very smart. And people are. Used to seeing the lights when I'm home. When I'm not, they don't know, mm-hmm. and you cool. don't have to worry about a smartphone. So yeah, what I was going in. to say
3: is, is it's having there. having uh, external control of your home with a smartphone is a really totally really agree. great. New way of being I want able a, able a to motion exactly detector
4: this. that's with a barking sound. Yeah. A German Shepherd barking. Yeah. <laughs> so the lights go on when you get close to the house, and then you hear the dog. Well, you know the law <laughs> so says that
0: the best deterrent. It, they still say the best yep. deterrent is is having a dog. That's right. Yeah. Because they'll I just go that. to
2: Family the next jet. house oh, yeah. if they hear, yeah. like, yeah. 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 So, are you done
0: with your
6: list? One, you more thing, one more One time. Con- okay. <laughs> I have something I'm to say. With see if all he says of
2: these it. things said, and we, we take uh, heed, just make sure you're covered by insurance. Because yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. many people, you know, in co ops and condos, you have to, homeowners, yeah. before you close. People let them lapse, so they don't have them anymore. Yeah. Renters, I can't tell you how many times I ask renters, "Do you have renters insurance in your apartment?" Yeah. Oh no, why do I need that? Yeah. I'm and only, it's not uh, expensive. I'm only yeah. So renting. It,
3: yeah, it's
4: like
0: it's a couple hundred dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. I'm only renting yeah. is
2: the comment Incredible. I get. Unbelievable.
0: So I wanted to say one that wasn't on the list that I always do when I leave town. If anybody hears that I'm going away you can like not bother stopping by my place. I've lots of youth in my family because I have a 23-year-old son. So I have endless amounts of people that I know and love that are in that age bracket and whenever I leave someone stays in my home. That's I've a good never point. I have not a left, very good idea. I have not left my place empty in 15 years. I mean I just never would even think of it. That's I'd so. rather house give one of these kids young adults like a vacation. It's so much fun to like not live with your roommates stay and go to somebody else's. in some else someplace yeah, alone. Yes. Cook great food, listen to great music, watch films, do whatever, just don't have wild do the same thing.
2: But I never leave my place empty. I don't. When Jet great stays idea. home, I have a friend stay with Jet in my apartment. So the apartment's covered, Jet's covered. And
0: people always came and housed my dogs and as I'm well. And I'm free. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. Moving on. Now that the tinsel has been torn down in New York City is a veritable Christmas tree <laughs> graveyard, literally you see it all over the streets <laughs> these days, tis the season for resolutions. For many, that means working on their fitness. This is a cute story. Light. Let's talk about <laughs> the city's abundant supply of walk-up apartments. If a move is in your future and a gym is not, consider looking in one of the city's neighborhoods with the most walk-ups. Climbing those five or six flights oh yay, yay, every day will likely mean paying less in rent while also pretty much obliter- blit- obliterating the hey. need for a gym and its costly fees. So Excellent. my question is, where are all these walk-ups You know, and how do people get them? Well, before we get to the walkups, I wish
6: I could remember where I read this, but it was someplace over the last week, and they were talking about—it must have been a real estate site because they were talking about how many calories is it really when you're walking up a fifth-floor walk-up? And they said just one way, it's only 15. No way. And they had all these metrics. Also, I, don't, for I think you five burn 15 floors. calories when you laugh and smile. I know. No, I don't no, know where no, you got you that. Only, you only burn three or five. They had this whole chart— and it's the reason why I've always hated but Stairmasters.
2: Interesting. Yeah, yes. You know what, though? It's you not really just don't. about,
3: it's you
6: it's really about don't. using those
3: muscles, though. Which you is know, different. and it's more about toning than it's it is about so burning much calories. Dry. I yeah. used to live yeah. in
0: the that's sixth right. of a fifth floor walk up at St. Mark's and Second, and I will tell you, you sweat, your heart beats in your tongue. Yep. I mean, if you forgot something and you've got to run up those yeah. stairs.
2: There's no forgetting.
0: <gasps> oh, my God. So I don't know where that is. And there's just, one
6: of the neighborhoods Yeah, East Village, exactly. And Upper West, right? And Upper East all the way east. East. Yeah, oh, I I so a lot, the way And east. there are a lot of co-ops that are walk right, so West Village has a lot of yeah. walk-ups. Oh, yes, And yes, they yep.
2: Brooklyn, they're they all do. over the city. All but over. my, my question is, when we're all out as real estate agents and we're talking to probably first-time buyers, I mean, obviously the prices are a little lo- lower with a walk-up, but how do they compare to elevator buildings? Are people specifically saying, I want an elevator, and, and not a doorman, but an elevator building mm-hmm. over a walk-up? Do we hear that a lot more lately? Because in the beginning, when I first started in this business, Anybody would take anything, including a walk-up, because it was really based on price. What, you're
0: talking about purchase? Uh, purchase.
2: Let's yeah. Purchase. Yeah, let's talk about
5: I purchase. I think that elevators are something that people, you know, generally ask for. You know, it gets a little tricky when you're looking at co-ops and walk-up buildings. You know, it's like, if the, I guess the mentality that I've seen from buyers is if I'm going to be purchasing, you know, why do I want to purchase uh, something on the fifth floor, you know. It, the only time that you see people actually open to that are with extremely limited budgets, where they're they're kind of their hand is forced, and they're like, okay,
2: this is kind of what I have to go to. And that scenario is their concern for res- resale. Maybe my hand is forced. Yes. I can only afford this today. But what about when I go to sell it two to three years yeah, down the road? Like how many Do people are going to want to buy
3: that? in a in a walk up? Is I think the concern. Um, in terms of resale, right? It's a it's a, lo- it's a smaller buyer pool. Is it narrow?
5: Yeah, exactly. It's that's a smaller buyer pool,
0: yes, but I, I certainly agree. think that it exists, right? So of you're going to get artists that'll do that. You're going to get somebody that's come into the money that's 27 years old. They're going to buy a great space on the fourth floor. They don't care. They're young. They're vibrant. They're building a tech company or they're an artist. They're a musician. It's home ownership, and, right? And there will that be case, people I that'll think- buy it later.
3: It seems Obviously. that in that case, people just opt to rent in my, at least in the people that I work yeah. with, either they opt to rent or they want to buy that at least has an elevator. They really don't mm-hmm. want to buy in and walk up and feel like maybe it's not going mm-hmm. to sell well later, de- later on down the it line they'd rather save their money you know, yep. you know they'd rather save their money and then wait until they have the money to buy an elevated building but I see I definitely see reticence in that now I sure, have to tell I you agree. I've sold
6: a lot of especially one bedroom co-ops on the upper east <laughs> side that are walk-ups anywhere from the second to fourth floor and the thing about these buildings is they're big the one bedrooms yes, are mm-hmm. about 1,000 square feet for the price of a 700 square foot, 650 square foot yep. uh, elevator building. Yeah, And every time, even in 2009, 2010, the heart of the recession, I had bidding wars on these co ops. Really? And were you all finding young professionals yes. or couples? They were mainly both, but they were all, oh, they I were meant all young younger. single
0: professionals. That's both. what I meant to ask you. Both. both. Interesting. Interesting.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much charm. There's so much charm in Some energy. of them are yeah, absolutely so stunning. And
2: some of them, in the West Village especially, you have open exposures because all of those, if you're on a higher floor, because yeah. all of those buildings are f- fairly low rise. So you're mm-hmm. looking at windows, and they're beautiful. I will tell yes. you a quick story before we go to break. One of my agents in my company just recently sold right. his own apartment, fourth floor, one-bedroom walk-up. And he was asking a price, you know, in the high sixes. And I thought, oh, my God, are you crazy? That's never going to happen. And he showed me a comp in the building. Whatever, Where was so, he? Upper West, uh, River, uh, between West End and River on ninety or ninety one. I can't remember. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I went to see the apartment. Ups mm-hmm. A lot of walkups there. I went to see the apartment and I thought he's pipe dreaming. He is pipe dreaming. Okay, it needed work. It didn't. It needed renovation. It needed a lot of things. Anyway, not only did he sell it in a weekend, he sold it for seventy or seventy five thousand dollars over the asking price wow. for wow. lights. Uh,
4: location, Amazing. location, location. And it's, it's also maintenance. So the maintenance is usually very low because yes. you're not paying yes. for all the amenities. First so that's, time buyer, maintenance very low. Um, I sold a, to a musician on Mott Street and it wasn't anything special. It was renovated, but there was a storage bin included with, the sale. And so when you have these walk-ups that have outdoor space, private Mm. outdoor space, like a fifth floor with a private roof deck, or you have a storage, you know, those little things will bump you up, but it's really the low maintenance and, you know, just being below market. In general, if you yeah. can't afford that seven fifty mm-hmm. and you can get the same thing for
0: six, they're gonna you make know, it work. And it's Absolutely. a lifestyle choice. So there are people that yes. want classic New York yeah. and they want either lofts or walk-ups. And, and, that is- and they want it. And they want the garden or they want the roof yeah. or they want the view, they want the brick wall, they'd like a I fireplace, it even if it's all yeah. of that. Yeah. And there are people that those that want that don't have any interest at all in some new development with an elevator.
2: All right, we have to go to break. We are coming back. This is Good Morning New York broadcasting live. From New York City, don't go away.
1: The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica dot com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at bluerealtygroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit bluerealtygroup.com. That's B-L-U realtygroup.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All
2: right, everybody, we are back for our final I fourth segment for today. And I want to ask a question um, about a four-bedroom apartment on Sutton Place. It's a co-op. First hit the market back in 2014. It was asking <coughs> $18 million, a number that was likely spurred by the building's pedigree. Here again, it was a, des- a building designed by Rosaria Candela. And the apartment size, it's a duplex with six bedrooms, high ceilings in addition to all those bedrooms. But no one bit... And it got several price uh, reductions since. First, it was knocked down at 14 million in 2015, and today it has come back on the market with a new listing from Brown Harris Stevens and an even lower asking price of $12 million. So we started at 18, we're down to 14, we're down at 12. It's probably worth eight or nine. But my real question is, what is wrong with Sutton Place? Has it remained, you know, a lackluster place from the glory days of, you know, way back when, when it was a desirable place to call home? And I gotta tell you something, when I was still in my East side mode uh, head, I looked at a place and and bid on a place on um, Sutton Place because I thought it was a great place to live, even though it's not so close to transportation. A lot of my friends are over that way, so I thought, yeah, why not, and why not have a great address to begin with? So what's going on with Sutton Place these days? Because it really has not regenerated, in my opinion. Sutton
6: Place, which I happen to love, has a bad reputation in the sense that when you go there during the day, all the young people say... Everyone is 100 years old here. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, in the middle of the day, just about anywhere, <laughs> everyone's 100 years old because everyone <laughs> is working. <laughs> tr- everyone is. That's yeah, a good point. No, you're yeah, right. Everyone is. you right. right. But, but so there's a lot of
0: neighborhoods where 100-year-old people what? don't generally live. You're not going to find it in Tribeca,
6: Midtown Wet. You just they live you. in my you know, They, lot they the live in my neighborhood.
5: People? They live the in way, the, the district.
0: district. I never see, I, you know, because that those. was
6: never a residential right. neighborhood right. Right. But when these people
1: were upper moving Upper East in. generally has. But if
0: we did the, mm-hmm. the, what do you think? If the research was done on where mm-hmm. the most elderly people live, God bless them, mm-hmm. might be Upper East. It well, is,
6: actually. There was, okay. again, I read <laughs> it someplace. I wish I could remember <laughs> and it. Funny. Upper West, yes. too. There's well, a lot of well, yes. my neighborhood. I'm
5: glad that you brought that up, though, Vince, because I think that, you know, is a kind of a. A symptom of like a bigger thing that we're seeing, like a more macro vision of the market where, you know, sellers like we were talking about earlier are a little unrealistic or have been unrealistic about seeing such, you know, uh, quick and rapid growth in the market. And now we're trying to see it level off. And, you know, brokers who have the apartment on the market, for example, at really high prices, you know, Perul and I had a pitch recently where the apartment was on the market very high price and then we came in and said hey look this is a more realistic price you know you should be listening at this and the sellers get it you know they they want to see if they can get the this pipe dream and and get a certain price but after some time you have to start getting realistic you know rachel had a bunch of price improvements you know at the beginning of this year and i think that's something that we're going to continue to
2: see especially on apartments that are very very high priced And I'm sure every one of us, because we're all very experienced brokers and in the business for a long time, we always tell our sellers the same story. You know, if you price this, because of course the first question they ask is, well, how quickly can you sell my apartment? And I have one that I just had a major conversation coming on the market with yesterday. Can it be sold in 30 days? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe, but the answer is kind of really no. That's what your expectation should be. So if you price it properly, if you follow what the comps are in the building, you have a better shot at selling something quicker regardless of whether it's on Sutton Place or anywhere else. Now, I looked up this listing before we came on the air today, and it's probably about $8 or $9 million. And it's, you know, $18 million was a pipe dream. It's just not going to happen. So if it sells for less than 12 you know, then the, the seller needs to do what the seller needs to do. But uh, anyway, moving on, City Bike, and I have my ups and downs with Citibike, has broken records for the <laughs> highest annual rides for any bike share program in the entire country and around the world, even beating out cities like London. No stats, no statistics on Paris yet, though, but yeah. But according Hmm. to a press release by the mayor's office, Bill de Blasio, the new leadership at Motivate has done incredible work uh, making this a public transit option New Yorkers can really rely upon. And today's 10 10 millionth ride is a testament to their success. You know, my question is, you know, as New Yorkers, as real estate professionals... You know, lots of us use these bikes, and a lot of our clients use these bikes. You know, is the future of public bike sharing in New York City looking better than ever? And then that begs the question, what is our feeling about how they've changed our roadways in New York City and kind of made them very bike friendly? And you know, looks and i'm I'm not opposed to any any you know stuff like this, but, you know, it's interfering with traffic. And and is bike lanes but right outside the studios too? I was going to say,
3: was gonna say that I don't use them as much cuz I still feel like it's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel safe riding a bike around otherwise I would. So and no helmets, by I the would, way, no I, helmets. I would love it if the city was like, unless you're a Manhattan resident, you have to park <coughs> your car outside and then take public transportation in. And otherwise, it's just taxis and bikes. That's what I'm a proponent for. I know that sounds radical, but I think that that would make the traffic better in the Ooh. city, the noise levels better, the pollution levels better. So that's just my two cents.
0: Yeah, I ride. So I, But I ride my own bike. I remember one day when my bike got a flat, my son was like, "Get a city bike," and I was like, "I will walk." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not getting on one of those things. But I think in answer, in response to your question, it's not going anywhere anytime soon.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying you know, it's going to stick around. They are, you know.
0: And what are they called motivate the company motivate. that's mm-hmm. picked it up? I think I got some stats that at city uh, blah, 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 the sponsorship, so they make the uh, the the. Um, Help me. What's the term that I want? The port, the most portion of their revenue. I can't think of the term that uh, I'm trying yeah, to think. The,
3: the what is it? It's a social entrepreneurship model, yeah, model did, where they give I, back the, a certain percentage. No, well, I was. Gonna, I'm trying,
0: trying to look for a word in my brain, and I can't find it. Anyway, the most of their most of their revenue comes from the user fees and sponsors. Oh, okay. so you had Citibank coming in as their primary <laughs> sponsor yeah, at like forty-one million, and then you had Mastercard come in at six-one, and Citibank just re-upped or Citigroup. Just re-upped at $110 million mm-hmm. until 2024. Wow. So And they keep making all of these improvements Listen, I, and I'm, all these more bikes and all these more stations. And I'd like to shoot myself in the head. To, so I'm kind of with you. I am not, I'm not I'm into them. I think it's
2: uh To each his own. I just think and, they're defacing defa- yep. our beautiful city. I mean, you know, I was on Fifth Avenue in the probably high 70s, maybe low 80s last weekend. And I noticed it for the first mm-hmm. time. And if you're living on a low floor in these Fifth Avenue buildings and you're looking at the park, the first thing you see are these ridiculously ugly blue bikes lined, you know, 30 long. And That's I thought, right. how on earth did anybody in these fancy co-ops allow this to happen? Well,
3: you know what, I and just wish that the they city. were more attractive looking. And they're not. And the speaking of Paris and numbers, have you seen what the bikes look like in Paris? Yes, they're, they're even uglier. uglier. I know. They're What's even the ugly?
0: deal? So they said so, they're going to replace all the bikes in the station. So nobody would steal. Okay. It's one there? of their plans because the bikes are so damn ugly.
2: Make them white but, or make them so, you know yeah, something more appealing make but the them blue. You know, nobody gray. would steal them. Make them clear
0: that's why. not like neon. <laughs> clear is good. Yeah, make them clear All oh, that stuff. I good. vote for clear. clear. Yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. great <laughs> ideas today.
6: They make them so big and ugly so yeah. people won't get hit. But you know yeah. my, my big complaint <laughs> is, and well, we discussed this when your son was visiting yeah. in the studio was the people on the city bikes Thank you. who are so they don't pay attention. I got hit twice yeah. when I was in the right of the way because the people are riding and looking at their friend and playing with their phone and with the... They're talking back. on it's, their phone
0: and they're texting are while They are well. while they're on a bike. <gasps> yeah. while they're on and a it's bike. the same complaint
6: yeah. that, as, that in a few months, I know we're going to get back to starting talking about the Hamptons, but the people who haven't driven all year, the Hamptons people get furious with these people who drive one month out of the year. Really bad out there. But this is yeah. how I feel with it's the city true. bikes. Yeah. I think... In theory, it's a great idea. It's a lovely idea. But when you watch these people, no one is taking responsibility for safety. Kind of like parents. Parents
4: and bike riders should take more tests before they actually <laughs> take on their oh, they, should mm-hmm.
6: they should. Mm-hmm. All right. They should. We, to to
2: we have a few minutes left. Let's get on to one more topic. So the cost of living in New York City is double the national average owing to just about everything. Parking is expensive. Groceries are expensive. A monthly metro card is 75% more expensive than the national average for public transportation. Clothes, movie tickets, gas are also more expensive here than anywhere else. Did I mention rent and maintenance and common charges and taxes, whatever? How do New Yorkers sustain this? I mean, you know, we're all New Yorkers. We're all living here for many years. How on earth do we look at this, you know, these statistics and make it work for us? Because I I question myself almost every day, like, what the hell?
3: Is it just me or do you guys all just kind of go wow, it somehow all works out. It does. does. (laughs) I seriously sound, I mean, that sounds crazy. It's the absolute truth. especially my first few years in New York, I was just surprised that somehow every month,
4: somehow it was working out, you know? I think you got to get creative in this city. And I think that the ones that survive have been very creative. Mm -hmm. Um, I found a rent-stabilized apartment. That was genius Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. luck on my part and mm-hmm. and there's so many free things that you can do to sort of balance out the fact that everything's so expensive right and including if, you can walk everywhere yeah and and uh, prior That's a big, prior to september yeah. 11th people went out more but after i think the the trend is more staying at home and house parties and people are learning to sort of pre-game instead of paying 30 dollars for yeah. cocktails so there's yeah. you know it's really yeah. about being creative you can do
2: New York City yeah. two ways you can do it very expensively mm-hmm. because you you want to or you're foolish because to because you can or you can or you can do it economically yeah. Yeah. or creatively as Rachel said yeah. because you know there there are many ways to live anywhere but this is a town that can eat you up in a minute if you allow yeah. it to so you gotta if you allow it what Rachel it to. said
3: too though it feels sometimes like at least for me my journey seemed so serendipitous <laughs> like mm. I showed up in New York didn't really know what I was going to do next, you know, and, and I was staying, I had two friends in the city. And I stayed on one friend's couch for like two, three weeks and ran into the other friend on the street, hadn't been in touch with him for for years. And uh, he said, Oh, why don't you come stay with my roommates and me? And for three months, they just sort of wouldn't let me leave. And they're like, we're moving apartments, to stay, stay with us. And through them, I became friends with a bunch of people who were then subletting their place while they were like traveling because they're consultants, whatever. And I would rent, I did not pay more than, I think, $700 per month in rent for my first year and a half in New York City, plus yeah. utilities. All right, no, yeah. that's, that's incredible. incredible. Guys, yeah, we are that's we are incredible. unfortunately somehow somebody wow. we are out of time. We Great have job. to go. I <laughs> wanted to give a
2: shout out to the Today Show and our fellow colleagues <laughs> <laughs> over at NBC this morning for doing a terrific show on the White House on the day of the last um, address by President Obama. That thank is you. good morning, New York. State of the Union. Thank you. That is good morning, New York, for this week. Thank you for being here. You can catch the show anytime on podcast or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time.
1: Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.